Welcome to episode 86 of Crypto Weekly. Turkey invades Syria slash Kurdistan, and ABC News decide to claim footage from a gun range in America as proof of Turkey's menace. This week in the crypto news, though. <laughs> more troubles for Libra as threats from senators force more members out of the association. The CFTC confirmed that Ether is a commodity. Coinbase plans for after Brexit are blown out of proportion. And the G7 sees stablecoins as a risk to global financial stability. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. If you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly. Maybe sign up for the uncut podcast every week. $10 a month and you get more raw, uncut crypto weekly nonsense. I'm joined in the studio by Mr. Crypto Beak. Bonjour, it's me, Cobra presents Crypto Beak. Yeah, oh, thank you. Presumably that's what you're drinking as well, Frank. Of course. I would never drink anything else. Cobra beer. Yay. Mr. Geordie Prince. Hello. How are you doing, friend? I'm very well, thank you, Ken. How are you? Supping on a 660ml Cobra beer, so I'm absolutely splendid. Fantastic news. So am I, Ken. Oh, brothers in arms, <laughs> brothers in beer. <laughs> I'm your host, Crypto Ken. Mr. Bitcoin Buble is off to Portugal to go surfing this week, and Dr. P Money, alas, could not make it to the studio, so it's just us three. But you're still in for a treat, listener. It's time for the news. The big news out this week. We covered last week that PayPal had scuppered Libra's plans. But now we have MasterCard, Visa, and I believe eBay leading a charge away from the Libra Association with five companies in total leaving. Who wants to jump More on this? Than that, Ken. How many is it, Mr. Crypto? Fill I us in. Seven confirmed so far. So we spoke last week about PayPal going, and there seemed to be rumours that more were going to leave, and this week they were all outy. Visa, MasterCard, Bookings Holding, Booking Holdings, so I don't think that was a big loss, eBay, Stripe, and Mercado Pago. Is that all their previous big name payment providers gone? So I think they've still got PayU. Is the only one that I think is left, but I don't really know what PayU is. It just sounds like a payment provider. It is a payment provider. Not only that, I think it's interesting because they're the only payment provider that were previously part of the association that have that most of their business outside the US. So they're based in this particular company are based in the Netherlands, I believe. They've got a lot of um, business around Europe. But crucially, even more importantly, I think, Ken, is the fact that their parent company is based in South Africa. Very interesting. And I know that Libra have gone full bank the unbanked meme. And where are all the unbanked people? Africa. Africa. Well, lots of them. Some of them are anyway. (laughs) So I feel like it was probably a pretty smart move on their part because... They probably have the least exposure to American regulators, and they probably have the largest, which is negative, obviously, and they probably have the largest positive exposure 
to the um, places where Libra could are most likely you could most likely start Libra or you could most likely see the quickest uptake of Libra. So I think it's pretty pretty interesting that we've seen this divergence from US centric versus European and I think African facing payment providers. It's very interesting you bring up that US centric side of things. Did anyone here read the letter that a US senator sent to the CEO of Stripe in regards to their involvement with Libra? Yes, indeed, Ken. Visa and MasterCard, I think, he sent it to as well. Uh, seemed like the gist of it. Now, I don't want to paraphrase the senators, but I'm going <laughs> to. And they said, Facebook is the, the world leader in child porn. <laughs> And Libra <laughs> may fund terrorism. That was the cliff notes for me. Correct. Both things were insinuated in the latter. I mean, when you get that as a payment provider from two US senators, yeah. that would make that would make me nervous as well. Yeah. Not only that, but to quote from the letter that the CEO of Stripe received, if you take this on, you can expect a high level of scrutiny from regulators, not only on Libra-related payment activities, but on all payment activities, unquote. It's as literal, like, just banhammer letter. Like, if you do this, we will fall on you like a ton of bricks. The Illuminati are coming for you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, the uh, United States Treasury Secretary went for a really smug response. If they don't meet the standards of our money laundering standards and the standards that we have at FinCEN, we would take enforcement actions against them. I think they realise that they are not ready, they are not up to par, and I assume some of the partners got concerned and dropped out until they meet those standards. (laughs) Yeah, classic uh, good cop to the bad cop senators who actually sent the letter. Clearly... I don't did they even I'm sure they probably mentioned in passing references to know your client and anti money anti money laundering regulations. But those are the parts that Facebook could lock off the easiest. Like there'd be absolutely no difficulty in Facebook being compliant. Well, say being as compliant as say any bank is with those those regulations, because as we all know, all the major banks handle a metric fuck ton of laundered money on a daily basis hard as they do try to limit it it slips through the cracks so that bit is not a concern for facebook in the slightest i don't think and i don't believe that it's munchin isn't it steve munchin or munchin or whatever the hell his name is i don't believe he thinks that facebook couldn't couldn't reach compliance with those standards we all know that the real thing that worries them is this whole uh making the global monetary system unstable meme and by that they mean libra could legitimate have the potential to offer a uh major scale substitute for fiat currency in a way that we haven't seen crypto do yet so as popular as all the other cryptos are they're still very niche whereas this is going to be force-fed to every single Normington on Facebook. And every single Normington on Facebook uses exactly what Zuckerberg tells them to. So every single financial regulator and central bank in the world is sitting up and taking notice. Do you think that 
Libra will continue to go ahead though. I said on Twitter this week that I think we're going to see Libra just fold pretty soon. Interesting. Because my reasoning for that is that basically all the major companies that were sharing their load responsibility with Facebook, or almost all of them, have fallen out. Basically, the only major American company, I guess, is Uber. There's we still got some majors in there, I think. Not many major American ones. The ones remaining are Coinbase, Zappo, Anchorage, Bison Trails, Creative Destruction Lab, Andreessen Horowitz, Thrive Capital, Ribbit Capital, Union Square Back Ventures, Breakthrough Initiatives, Iliad, Vodafone, Farfetch, Uber, Lyft, Kiva, Mercy Corps, Women's World Banking, Spotify, and PayU. Yeah, so we've got... I mean, most of those are crypto current. Crypto yeah, companies. having Vodafone still there is pretty big. Yeah, we got Vodafone's Vo- European, that though, isn't it? But we also have Uber, Lyft, and Spotify. But I mean, Uber not nothing is. I mean, its name is not. They're not in the blue chips, are they? Uber, I mean, correct. Lyft, literally, who? <laughs> Spotify. I mean, they are American, right? Spotify. So aren't they Swedish? Oh, are they? Well, if they're not American, I mean, that's what I think about Vodafone. I think they just might not have that huge of a concern because they're not an american-based company so it seems to me like uber is the only one that you could possibly consider a major american company and i feel like uber might just have not even looked into this yet i feel like uber might (laughs) might be outy soon as well and will facebook want to because they've really tried hard to say this isn't facebook coin this isn't a facebook currency We've got, it's going to be decentralized. We've got loads of huge companies that are backing this. They've lost the biggest companies already, basically. Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, eBay, Stripe to a lesser extent. They've, they're all gone. They've now got non-American companies and smaller, like a lot of sort of startups, basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with what you're saying. I do think, I did hear Zuckerberg say uh, very recently, though, Perhaps not not since these firms have dropped out, but certainly post the major kickoff about Libra, he said Facebook's position is that they will take, they will be, what was it, um, paraphrasing here, however long it takes to convince regulators that Libra is compliant with their standards, that's how long they're going to take to get it through, basically. So if it sounds at least like they are very committed to making this happen. Yeah, but Facebook is a publicly traded company now, so Zuckerberg can't. It's not the same as someone at like Uber doing well. Not That's Uber all, yeah. either. <laughs> okay, Coinbase and a private company where the CEO can basically not quite do whatever he wants, but he can at least try and convince the major shareholders, and that's it. Facebook now is owned by all kinds of people. The shareholders have obviously huge influence. Are your everyday Facebook shareholder going to be cool with them sinking money into this and facing all the regulatory pressure for years possibly on end when their backup is Uber and Union Square Ventures? <laughs> but how much how much Facebook stock does Zuckerberg still own? And also all of the major 
all the major people in Calibra and the Libra Association are basically Facebook alumni. So the dude who's heading it up was the former head of blockchain at Facebook. But I think that so makes it like- worse because it is just basically a Facebook project. I think Facebook are going to come under increasing pressure. Right. You see in basically the threatening letters they've already sent to these other people. When these threatening letters, if Facebook continues down this road, they start getting sent to the major shareholders at Facebook. I mean, it seems like a huge risk from Facebook, from a company that already has the world by the balls. Admittedly, if they break into this, if they become like the biggest bank they've got all literally all the money basically they're going to be the biggest company on the planet but are they going to be ready to take this risk when because at the moment all the regulators doing is writing letters they start taking it to the next level facebook and their shareholders going to be ready to to go for it good all good questions all good points but i meant just in terms of how how much influence commitment at the highest levels of facebook could move the project i think that is the driving force of where it's going to go although obviously you're right to say that the ability of the shareholders to resist it needs to be considered ability and will um but secondly i think that facebook are also really really good one at lobbying and two at being uh, very willing to change whatever their offering is to be compliant with whoever's giving them problems, basically. So I think you might be right in the sense that Libra, as it stands, is almost certainly not going to get the go-ahead. But I think they're willing to get their foot in the door of this market with more or less anything that'll fly and then take it from there. I also think that's why I think that it's important that, or it's significant that they have um big companies in different jurisdictions because if they if they start something over there and they work out with the work like they play nice with the regulators in those jurisdictions probably it's probably not going to be europe but i could see it in africa definitely if they can demonstrate a like a use case and a model and that they're not um usurping the role of central or commercial banks in those countries it'll demonstrate to regulators in different areas that um there's a place for libra without you know the financial regulators losing control or whatever so i still think that they're gonna pursue it and i still think that in perhaps a watered down version it could be a go well i don't think they fucking will mate Staying on the regulation train, news this week that the CFTC confirm what we've always, always known. Ether is a commodity. Take that, tone vase. We've been saying it for years now. I would say for 85 weeks, maybe. Yeah, I this mean, being I've the been saying it for week. longer than that. <laughs> Ether, I think it's pretty clear that Ether is a commodity. Like Bitcoin, if it's not a currency, is a commodity. The CFTC actually have said Bitcoin's a commodity as well. But yes, yeah, so basically the the chairman has said that in his opinion, I believe, Ether's a commodity. So I don't think he's completely confirmed it. Haven't uh, we heard this exact thing before? Uh, we've heard people say that Ether is not a security. I think this is the strongest uh, indication we've heard from the CFTC 
that they think Ether is a commodity. Uh, I mean, it's come from the chairman and he said, it, on record, it is my view as chairman of the CFTC that Ether is a commodity. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't really get more clear than that. I feel like that is that must have laid to rest a lot of the FUD around Ether being a security. Now, I don't think it necessarily... I don't think this guy saying this eliminates all investigations. I think the SEC has, like, its own... You know, they can still make their own decisions on it, but I feel like the CFTC chairman saying that, in his opinion, it's a commodity will be very beneficial to any argument that Ether try and make that they're not a security. Agreed. I, do, I think that the... Um... I think the one thing is that the SEC and CFTC, like their jurisdictions are quite well um, demarcated. You know, one is concerned with securities and the other is like commodities, futures trading commission. So, But what I'm saying is that the SEC don't necessarily just have to accept what the CFTC say. Yeah. But it seems like it would certainly help, certainly makes it much more unlikely that the SEC would say it's security and disagree with the CFTC. Absolutely agree. Yeah, 100%. I also thought it was interesting um, that he weighed in on um, forks of coins as well, which um, at least shows some understanding of how crypto works, which is always refreshing, and basically said that he'd treat each fork from a particular blockchain on its own merits. So even though they consider Bitcoin a commodity, if there was a fork of it, whatever the new coin is, is going you're going to going to be looking at that from scratch so that was also quite interesting as well and obviously the the same would i imagine would apply even more so to eth just because i feel like there's more potential for you to create a security token on from the ethereum blockchain than the bitcoin blockchain on that note did you know that a fork of the ethereum network was announced at devcom eth 2.0 right nope ethereum Ah, oh, interesting. And you will all receive free Ethereum for the amount of ETH that you hold. Comfy. What's Ethereum, Cad? Uh, Ethereum with an A. Lit. From one regulator happy with the classification of a cryptocurrency to a group who are unhappy with another, we have the group of seven, the G7, who see stablecoins as a risk to global financial stability. The jig is up. Hand in your cryptos. Bullshit intro as usual, Ken. The G7 haven't really made a decision on it. They've got a letter from the Financial Stability Board advising them that stablecoins are a threat to the global economy or whatever. But it does seem to basically be more Libra food. Like the, It seems like the reason for this is because they want to stop Libra. Um... Yeah, these guys from the Financial Stability Board written a letter being like, careful, anti-money laundering, KYC, etc. Let's let's nip it in the bud. Don't let Facebook coin come out. I feel like that's the long and the short bit. It really is. It's riddled with the same anxieties that they've been expressing about Libra from the start. It's all about... Oh, could a terrorist use Tether to finance the next 9-11? <laughs> no, they couldn't. <laughs> Why on earth would they do that? What you're worried about is that people would rather use Tether than... Well, I mean, maybe not Tether, but some other privately offered currency than the fiat currency that you are abusing through your quantitative easing programs. You shill. My favourite part of this is that 
There's been a, apparently the BBC leaked a report that the G7 have been working on, so maybe I was a bit, a bit harsh on you earlier, kind of apologies. Uh, but they're talking about how uh, regulatory concerns around uh, data privacy, AML, KYC, tax evasion, fair competition, market integrity will be a problem for Libra. But in this report, supposedly leaked report the BBC have found, they say that even if Libra's backers can address all those concerns, they still may not get approval from regulators. Wow. Now, <laughs> if they've listed all the regulatory concerns and they say if they approve, if like they cover all that, they still might not get you know regulatory approval. It begs the question: What will those people have to? What blood sacrifice will they have to make to get into the inner circle of the Illuminati? Can it seems like we're mentioning Libra every single week and. In the same breath, we're mentioning regulators being incredibly unhappy with it. They are scared of it essentially coming out. Can we delve into why this is... Why the possibility of Libra is deemed such a problem to these individuals or these governments? For me, Can, I feel like the key reason is that all these countries are in debt. They're in loads of debt. That's not a problem because they can print more money. If it, they can all, they basically control how much money is printed. They can print more money, inflate away their debt, pay their debt. Basically, if everyone starts not using their currency, their debt is not as easy to get rid of. The entire economy could potentially collapse. What do you think about that, Prince? Largely agree. I also think that um, additionally. It's harder to it's harder to issue new debt and get sellers sorry get buyers for it if you're going to get paid in a currency that people have no faith in. For instance, the Zimbabwean dollar. No one's going to buy the debt of the, Zim- of the of Zimbabwe if they're going to get paid in Zimbabwean dollars in you know a year's time, three months' time, ten years' time, whatever it is. So, yeah, a big agree. Another if if Libra, not that it would do necessarily but let's say libra became the preferred currency that would re that would particularly hurt the us dollar as the us dollar's like selling point is that it's the reserve currency of the world right yes correct so that's presumably why the us are even more terrified than everyone else at the moment yeah so i think that's probably why they've come down absolutely hardest so there are a lot of theories about how much the U.S. economy benefits from the U.S. dollar being seen as the world's reserve currency, uh, oil being priced in U.S. dollars, all the rest of it. So yeah, it, and from that point of view, I think they definitely have the most to lose. Although to counter that, I would say that Libra is going to be back fifty percent by the U.S. dollar. So I mean, lads, come on, be reasonable. So you're saying that regulatory pressure on Libra is similar to certain revolutions happening in areas that might want to change the petrodollar? Tricky one to answer that, Ken. (laughs) I do think that if you look into why and where some of the big wars have happened over the last 20 years, it coincides with those countries looking to price oil in non-US dollars. I learned that from one 12-minute YouTube video. So well, you too can be educated <laughs> if you Google it. Sounds like you've done more research than most people on the topic then, friend. Ken, can we talk about how much shit we're getting for at Innovator Tutor, who's 
absolutely slating us for not having a professional designer. But we have now yeah. hired a professional designer and they say it's worse than the shit you did. Um, he's wrong. Or what? she. How are, it, how are they wrong? Do you think it's good? Um, what's gone on here, he is particularly upset about the way that I have cropped a design that shouldn't have been cropped. Ah, okay. Because I'm lazy. I see. Um, to fit in with Twitter guidelines. Rather- this guy kicks off on us a lot. <laughs> yeah, I quite like does. it. <laughs> but he's, he's not short of an opinion. He's constructively he, he's re- critical. Really trying to shape the podcast. He really came after me for a while, I believe, but I think we're on good terms now. That's good. Mm. Um, to let you know, Innova Tutor, the old, all the old graphics were all made by me. They're all entirely different from one another, and they all took me less than four minutes to make. The only part, the only thing, I don't necessarily disagree with him. He's made me see it a different way. Hold tight, Innova Tutor. The only part that I thought was telling was that he thought there was any possibility that i may have made the original designs yeah and i feel like anyone who thinks i would ever do that is perhaps lacking judgment Mm. if anyone thinks the beat does anything but turn up on a tuesday and talk crypto (laughs) you're wrong yeah correct and also hold tight for using the phrase to describe our new logo Hashtag design crime. Yeah, yeah, I was into that as well. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, he's won me over. I think we should switch back. <laughs> We're not switching back to the shitty image I had with the old Ripple logo. On. Listen, we didn't get any complaints <laughs> about that. We're getting some quite severe complaints about the new one. Well, we've had one severe complaint and we've had a lot of compliments. Have we? Yes. I haven't seen any compliments. Have you not? No. Well, they haven't complimented me on shit. Maybe they know. <laughs> they know that I wouldn't have any idea what's going on. Who's com- Can you find one compliment before we can? Uh, the the guys and gals over at Wrecked Podcast have complimented us. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, you know how much I value their opinion. Did, they, ha- did they have a sweet hashtag to describe our new banner, Ken? Uh, they had no hashtag to design our sweet. Well, you know which way I'm falling on this one. Hashtag go with the crow, maybe. That would be pretty good. Oh, my God. That is sick. That Let's go back to the old version. Hashtag go with the crow. In a desperate attempt to try and squeeze a discussion on Brexit into this podcast, (laughs) we have news coming from Coinbase that they have set up their plans for a post-Brexit world, namely by obtaining an e-money license from Ireland, something they previously had from the UK. Why is this a big deal? Uh, they're setting up in Dublin so that if we leave the EU, then they will still have an EU-based like regulatory approval for e-money. Next. If people wanted to learn about Brexit, we wouldn't be the guys who went... Well, actually, you two might... Prince probably would be. But I feel like that's not what they tune in for, Cam. Well, yeah. they're going to get something a little extra this week. Okay, fuck me. Well, I'll give you this, Ken. It's not what you're looking for, but... Um, I'm going to step out of the room now. <laughs> There's actually no need. This is pretty low on the Scoville scale. I uh, My favourite part of this story is that the uh, CEO of Coinbase, I think it was. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's a, uh, there's a uh, business development agency in Ireland whose CEO described, described Coinbase as 
Application for a money license thus, Coinbase's choice of Dublin for this operation reinforces the strength of Ireland as a destination for financial service companies, providing a consistent, certain, pro-enterprise policy environment for businesses to grow and thrive, completely ignoring the fact that the only reason any company has ever set up in Dublin is because they are literally a tax haven now. It is, they are literally, they may as well be a Caribbean island, Ken. Yeah, I did wonder why certain large tech co- uh, companies have a big base in Dublin. That is the that is the only reason. And take it from me, a man who knows people who work for very big companies in Dublin who absolutely hate it, <laughs> who uh, who can't even um, consume enough Guinness and cocaine to make it tolerable to live over there. And by God, he's trying. <laughs> Uh, what? Hold tight, Johnny Drama. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the news. It's time to move on to Beaks Market Watch. Well, been another ZZZZZ week for crypto as total market cap stayed break even at $228 billion. Did need I say more, Ken? Yes. Okay. Well,. Bitcoin gained less than 1%, if that gets you fired up, Ken. Uh, Despite the Oxford Dictionary adding Satoshi to it. That's an official English word now. Is the definition an old Japanese man? No, it's the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, unfortunately. That's that's sad. Although they do say, uh, they do mention Satoshi Nakamoto and say that it's probably a pseudonym. Well, I like that the Oxford Dictionary still hold out hope <laughs> yeah. that there's a man called Satoshi Nakamoto that we haven't tracked down yet. I like it. But they lost all credibility when they added squeaky bomb time anyway. So, I mean, that is a disgrace. Uh, everyone's been trying to get the normies fired up about $1 billion worth of Bitcoin transfer, which costs less than a cup of coffee, OMG. <laughs> Everyone conveniently ignored what a pain in the dick it would be to exchange $1 billion worth of Bitcoin for $1 billion, (laughs) and also how much it would cost. Uh, The mainstream media still didn't give a shit, and yeah, bit of a shame. Despite the decent little narrative, no one gives a fuck. We did finally see some volume on back, though, and Forbes reported in a pretty hopium-filled article that there was an 800% increase on backed. The problem is that they traded a pathetic 212 contracts, which is about $2 million worth of volume in a day. Uh, Progress, nonetheless. Uh, But yeah, I mean, today they traded less than one-eighth of that. Bit of a shitter. Not really going to get us Lamborghinis just yet. Don't neck yet though virgins because cme reported that their volume for bitcoin futures is up 63 percent uh compared to this time last year they've got 4.6 thousand open contracts in play at the moment and binance futures are trading at all-time high now they've done 16,000 in bitcoin volume in one hour in the last seven days that's correct Backed's biggest day ever. Backed, the saviour of crypto's biggest day ever. 212 Bitcoin volume. Binance's biggest hour, 16,000 Bitcoin. 
So that might that probably is what helped BNB pump seventeen percent this week up to eighteen dollars sixty ish, and it's probably also helped by some absolute fucking nutters who fired up an exchange traded product, which I believe is called an ETP, Geordie Prince, for BNB and listed it on the Swiss stock exchange. Uh, went live today. As of yet, I haven't been able to find any data on the volume, but I will be able to update you bozos on that next week if the Swiss know what's good for them. Now, Prince, they claim this ETP was physically settled. Now, I don't think you settle ETPs. On Coin... I think it's Coin Telegraph said it was a physically settled ETP. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's nonsense. Thoughts? I get, I mean, I'm being generous, but maybe they mean you can cash in whatever, um, whatever secures your, your holding of assets in the, in the fund. Uh, maybe you can exchange them with the fund in exchange for BNB token. I think that's going to be on the Swiss stock market. Almost certainly not, but. Coin Telegraph probably did another shoddy job, allegedly, maybe not. Uh, ETH had a pretty decent bar this week, pumped to almost $200 during DevCon, but back to $183 for 1.5% gain. Not bad considering the number of ETH is a scam, man, comments going around. Um, I, obviously, I'm well known as the, uh, the reasoned and impartial man of crypto on the globally renowned Cobra Presents Crypto Weekly. So I'm just going to state facts as to why Ethereum might be a scam. The Ethereum white paper said Ethereum would scale. Ethereum developers are working on an update to make it scale. The end. Of all the scams in crypto, this screams BitConnect to me. Yeah, absolute <laughs> state of Bitcoiners. Um... You mean 90 days of printed money, Ken? Hold tight, Boobalay. More than that. <laughs> the rest of the top 20 didn't see much action, uh, the ex with the exception of HT, the Huobi exchange token, basically that version of BNB, which pumped basically in line with BNB, presumably because it's kind of the same. Uh, the Kin CEO hilariously changed his mind again and said Kick is actually probably back on. The entire use case, a marketplace for Kin, is sounds like it might actually survive. So Kin lost another 15% this week. Classic. <laughs> now on to the winners and losers. Third biggest winner this week was Gaps, the token for Gaps platform. Now, if you haven't heard of Gaps, let me educate you with this quote, courtesy of their website, gapschain.io, if you want to check it out. Thanks, mate. And I quote. Gaps platform gather information from the community users through debate-like process that should be about something that can be predicted and have answer to it, such as voting, weather, sports, and etc. <laughs> to those who answered logically and correctly, and as well for the questioner who asked a logical question, we'll get a certain amount of compensation in our token. Uh, so that's the third biggest winner, and I'm sure you won't be surprised that, uh, as faithful students of the crypto markets, Gaps is up 21% this week. Second biggest winner, ZRX. Uh, staking is coming in V3 of 0x. Everyone seems to be super fired up. It's up 27% this week. 
Uh, the biggest winner is Ren, so hold tight, half a beat chord. The decentralized dark pool platform has made 32% this week. Interestingly, Sia Coin, a name that I heard last week when P Money Shield it, but hadn't heard for at least a year before that, is up 17% after a little plug from I wonder why. P Moolah. Coincidence, Ken? Who I knows? know not. <laughs> Bitcoin. The first private and untraceable crypto, apparently, was third biggest loser this week. Losing 14%. Quant lost 13.5%. But not really the end of the world for Gilbert, Tazo, and the rest of the Quanties, as they've been making completely unreasonable gains for weeks on end. And the biggest loser is Luna, which lost 15% over the last seven days. That one is particularly hilarious because it is apparently a stablecoin. So, sounds like things are going pretty poorly for Luna. Hold on, Ken. I just got to, just got to pull up the most important news on Crypto Twitter this week. <clears throat> the biggest news on Crypto Twitter is me getting banned. Now, let me break this down for you, listener. I got a week's ban for violating the rules against hateful conduct. You may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, disability, or serious disease. Now, my tweet in question that got me seven days in the Twitter slammer was as follows. Crypto Weekly episode five is out, and we talk PayPal quitting Libra, more Quadriga drama, Tether lawsuit, and Sacramento Kings crypto. If any of you reprobates are not following at Crypto Weekly Pod, then punch yourself in the dick, you late bitch. That's a bit confusing for me. Because I'm not sure which of these categories I'm hate speech in. So I didn't say anything about race, country of origin, sexuality, religion. So that that's out the window. So I think they must think that being a late bitch is either a serious disease... And based upon the lack of followers that Crypto Weekly Pod on Twitter has, it does seem to be an epidemic. <laughs> or they think that me saying, punch yourself in the dick, you late bitch, is hate speech related to gender. Which is pretty embarrassing for Twitter, because anyone who knows anything about gender realises that any gender can have a dick, and any gender can be a bitch. And if Twitter doesn't know that, then maybe that's their problem, rather than Big Dick Beaks. I think you need to message twitter and you need to complain i'm probably with those exact words jack dorsey i believe is the name of the cretin who runs twitter mm-hmm. think, jack i think he needs to he needs to do an internal investigation rather than turning his sights outwards because quite frankly they start to sound like bigots on twitter yeah they certainly are that's what we have shown on this podcast. They are the bigots. If he wants to come on this show and he's ready to apologise, we'll see what he can do. Anyway, that's all from me, Can Back to you in the studio. Thanks for the update, Mr. Beak. That brings us towards the final part of the show. Market Watch is done. We filled you in on the news. And now, listener, we must say goodbye. Say goodbye, Mr. Crypto Beak. Uh, good night, friends. Follow at... Crypto Weekly Pod on Twitter, you dumb little late bitches. Mr. Geordie Prince.
It's me, Ken, the Geordie Prince, and you can follow me on twitter.com at HRHGeordiep. That's at H-R-H-G-E-O-R-D-I-E-P. Many thanks. Mr. Bitcoin Buble could not be with us this evening, but you can follow him at Bitcoin underscore Buble on Twitter. And you can also follow Dr. P Money at Dr. P Money on Twitter. I am your host, Crypto Ken, your fashionista. You can follow me on Twitter at CryptoKenCan for moisturising and fashion tips. Also follow at CryptoWeeklyPod for updates on the podcast. We have been Crypto Weekly. You have been informed. And you are very welcome. Good night. (laughs) 